Blog Talk Radio. Aloha. Welcome to Talking Pictures. I'm your host, Paul Booth. It's Monday, and it's a wonderful day to be doing this show. You know, I always say that. I love doing this. This is uh, exciting. Today, we're going to be talking with a cinematographer. Well, the show that I, I watched was from Australia. It was called No Activity. It's now available with a U.S. version on CBS Access, which is their uh, streaming, like ABC.com, obviously Netflix, Hulu, etc. cetera. Uh, of course, I did not get to see the American version yet, uh, which is just how it goes sometimes. Uh, this Australian version, hilarious. Not a surprise to me that it got picked up and uh, that they created an American version from it. Uh, actually executive produced uh, by Will Ferrell, Adam McKay, a number of the episodes. I don't, we won't get into the business side of that. I don't know it. So uh, I don't, I'm not even sure, not saying there's just not a reason for the cinematographer to know the, uh, what went on with the sales distributor and the optioning it and all that business talk that, we don't mind on the show, but we're not here to, uh, to get into. Uh, this uh, cinematographer has also a film coming to Netflix on January, or sorry, a show coming to Netflix on January 17th. Broadcasting company and Netflix. Uh, it just takes a deadpan view of the struggle, look at the struggles of early motherhood. It stars Noni Helters, Ellison Bell, and Celeste Barber. Uh, it premiered in Australia on October 25th and will come to Netflix on January 17th. Um, as for no activity, this was a really, oh, gosh, I am so, um, first of all, I really love when, I, when something keeps, keeps it simple. And that's why I know I'm going to enjoy conversation today because there is a simplicity um, to the work of Mr. Overton. And I know that sometimes simple is harder. Obviously, sometimes simple is simple. That's why it's the word simple. Um, Boy, I'm on it today, aren't I? Um, We've been having the good fortune to talk to a variety of cinematographers lately and we've gotten to really um, go into so many different topics. I mean, that's what I love about interviewing cinematographers is uh, that we, they're well-versed in everything. It's not just that they know cameras and they know technical stuff and they're students of, computers. Um, it's that they know how to bring everything together. And that's what I really, really like because, you know, some artists do it. Not, you know, okay, every artist has to do it, whether you're costumes, an actor, whatever it is that you do on the set, you have to have some sense of everything. But uh, what I like about cinematographers is that they're sometimes they're pushing their visuals off of a favorite uh, music or they're pushing uh, they're, they're not thinking of anything 
on the audio side because they're they're just visual, not technicians, painters, uh, they're artists, they're um, so many different things. And we've just had the good fortune lately to have uh, cinematographers on for a variety of different films. And today, uh, this is for a TV show and a comedy television show. And one sec, see that our guest is calling in. Hello, welcome. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you today? Very well, thank you. Excellent, excellent. And uh, what? Uh, first of all, what would you like to be addressed as? Uh, just Judd is fine. Okay, cool. Thank you. I always like to make sure. Uh, well, first of <laughs> all, um, c- congratulations on everything that's going on right now. I let the audience know about um, the Australian no activity that I saw and then how you, how, uh, you did, did work on the U.S. version and then yeah. the letdown that will be coming to Netflix. So yeah. my first question was uh, – it's it's an it's an obvious one, but I would love to hear from your point of view. Uh, the the Australian one obviously has no. Uh, I mean, you're not making it. There's no censorship. Some of the best jokes, you know, would not fly in a million years in America. So, was there any constraints, or what was it like for you as a cinematographer to be a part of something where? the content made such a jump and how it also affects your work and how you're able to, you know, uh, when there's no censorship, obviously you can think more freely. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And look, that, that was the brief, uh, for the show. So we've done two, two seasons of the show in Australia. Um, uh, you know, and based on, uh, really some improvised work that the director Trent had done with the actors on a previous, uh, project. Um, and, the, you know, so so all of that stuff, uh, you know, it's, it's basically the two guys in the car on a stakeout uh, and, and what goes on between them, you know, when nothing's happening, um, you know, the, the sort of inane banter is, is what has sort of set set the tone for the rest of the show. So we shot a little pilot um, and it was a no hold, holds barred, um, you know, any dialogue, any content, whatever they wanted. Um, and people responded to that really well. I think what's happened is in this new kind of streaming uh, world that we're in, where where people are uh, consuming their, you know, their shows uh, via the internet as opposed to um, via a broadcaster, um, you know, there is a lot more freedom. And this is this is the first show that I've worked on, both in uh, in Australia as well as in the states, that has basically said, look, it's it's all about the content. You go you go with the story, <laughs> take it as far as you like. Right. Uh, and then, you know, and, and then we've, we've worked out later. I mean, really in the edit is um, the only censorship has happened if it, if it isn't funny, you know? Well, yeah, there's uh this was, I, I that was, it kind of led into my next question was the, the, I've always wondered how for a cinematographer, whether I know sometimes they know the editor's work or maybe they've worked with the editor how setting up your end, because a lot of the people and a lot of our listeners don't know that uh, when we see these movie credits that the cinematographer 
may not even meet the editor during the cutting or, you know, we can get into color timing, all that stuff, but that yeah, the yeah. editing is their job. Your job is the visuals. So you don't get to sit. He doesn't come down and nitpick your lighting. You don't go and nitpick uh, where he put in the tempo. So how do you, how do you play with tempo in comedy? Like in your say of where you think the camera should be. Yeah. Uh, look, this this project in particular is is a very collaborative project. Um, you know, I've been working with the director for a number of years, you know, five years. Um, you know, we've been working with the same editor on you know both the previous seasons as well as the letdown. Um, so he's you know we have uh, quite a good relationship. Um, and the editor Paul Swain actually came out to the states to to um, to edit the new no activity series in the States as well. So that's basically the three, you know, the director Trent, uh, O'Donnell, myself and Paul um, is kind of like the key, the key um, creative team, not creative, I, I guess you should say technical team, but, um, but in a lot of ways, uh, and especially where so much of the show is improvised, you know, we're all watching each other's backs. So, um, you know, when we shot, when we shot in Australia, I mean, this is probably the main, one of the main differences between, um, the two the two shows, the Australian version and the US version. When we shot in Australia, it was all two camera coverage, um, and you know the feedback that we had from from uh, from Trent and from Paul was that you know they struggled to find you know because the the, the beats are changing so often, uh, they struggled to find the cut points to when they could come out to a wide shot or come out to the the two shot because we would usually do all the coverage in cross coverage, you know, two cameras shooting at the same time across each other to get the, the two-hander scene. Um, and then you get all the right beats. You get the, you know, the interactions and the responses. And a lot of what this show is is, the, is is how the joke lands on the other person. So it's not so much about uh, it's about the gag or it's about the person who's listening, you know, because that's where the, the audience really kind of finds the, finds the gold. Um, so the change up there, because they struggled with that, was that we actually had three cameras, at least three cameras on every setup. Uh, in the American version, so that um, that is a compromise for me with the lighting. Uh, you know, that's a, it just makes it a bit bit trickier. Um, means that I need to do more backlighting and more, you know, sort of hiding my light sources in the frame, um, as opposed to a more traditional kind of, um, you know, light for the best lighting, and then you know, and then repeat for every every performer. Um, I think because it's a comedy, there's some latitude there, but I think more so um, the latitude comes from from the brief, you know, Trent and myself developed early on was that we wanted this to look edgy. We wanted this to look like a drama or a police procedural as much as possible. Um, you know, we really embraced the darkness um, and color saturation and these sort of things. We didn't sort of go with that traditional uh, sitcom-y, you know, you need to see the whole faces, you need to see both eyes um, for the comedy to land. I like that because I, I was, I kind of felt like I, I don't, I don't, I'm not big on analogies, but it did kind of feel like, because uh, my father is just always watching those cop shows. I feel like he doesn't know there's anything else on TV. And, um, and so I could tell where it was like, this really has that, that really great cop show feel with the lighting. But then what they're talking about is just so not the, we've been trailing the suspect and dun, dun, dun. And there's not a music after every beat. And there's not a, there has to be this dramatic moment. And uh, what I, what I found interesting, um, you were talking about hiding the lights, et cetera. That was something that you had to do 
on the American version. So was the American version uh, more of a sound stage? Yeah, I mean, uh, look, at, we did more more stage work in the in the US version, uh, and the Australian version was shot more on practical locations. But I think that's just inherent to the way things are done in Australia. Um, uh, that being said, the, the car the car work, the rear projection work for interior car has always been done on a soundstage um, because it, it just needs to be. And, and we shoot a lot. We shoot 29 minutes a day when we're, we're on the stage. Um, so obviously we needed to, to have a location that facilitated that. Um, but for the new series in, in the US, and I'm not sure if you've had a chance to see any of it, but, um, uh, you know, that we, we have like a tunnel, uh, a Mexican drug tunnel was being dug you know, so obviously that was a, a constructed set. Um, you know, we have a big uh, a warehouse location, um, which was a practical warehouse in downtown LA, but um, but we did a lot of work on it to make it, you know, to make it function for us as a stage so that we can shoot that kind of screen count, uh, page count. And there, uh, so you're so you're saying that was 29. Uh, you were saying pages a day or 29 yeah, minutes? Yeah, about 20. 29 minutes a day. Yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> That's a crazy pace. Do you, do you, <laughs> do you like the cha- Do you like the challenge of less cameras or is, do you find uh do you, do you like the challenge of, like you said, there's more stuff to be concerned with, with more cameras? I, I think for me, I mean, you know, the, the purest cinematographer says, I just want one camera and I want to light that perfectly. Um, but I think especially in television and especially for this kind of project, um, you, you know, basically you have to you adjust your process to to, to suit what what the project is. Um, and the real brief of this project is, uh, you know, we can get Will Ferrell for a day. Okay, how do we how do we shoot eight episodes of Will Ferrell uh, in one day? And you know, that's it. Kind of comes back from there. So, no activity is a perfect format uh, for that because we can get access to incredible performers, incredible talent, um, and we're not asking them to. Uh, you know, to fly out, you know, to Vancouver for three weeks or, you know, whatever the, the usual kind of um, show run would be for, for a guest. Uh, we're really just saying, hey, you got a few hours here? Great. We, we can slot you in. <laughs> right, right. No, that's, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it, it, you just spawned an idea that I should have a day D on the show someday to explain scheduling to the audience. Um yeah. Do, do you have do you have a I mean I, I hate for some of these questions to sound cliche but you know there's only one way to ask them uh, you're still sticking with no activity but kind of transitioning into uh, if you don't mind if we discuss the letdown a little bit which obviously I have not seen because it doesn't hit Netflix till mid January um, yeah but the thing I like most about cinematographers you you're probably the eighth or tenth one we've had on. Um, in recent months is, I, I, I mean it in the nicest way, uh, how you guys, okay, that kind of not give a fuck attitude to just like, let's shoot anything. Um, and I really admire it because I think the greatest rock bands do it. I think anybody, uh, any artists that are just really out there on a limb going for it. So uh, in a for someone who's gotten to do it, what is the real major difference other than we know budget and we know time and we know schedule uh, between doing a feature and television? I mean, is it, does it really just come down to time? I mean, is that, is it that simple or are there larger things that 
are in play for you. Look, I think uh, I think what you know what you're trying to get at is that um, you know, especially I find this coming from Australia. You know, we have to be really, really flexible and diverse, and we work in documentary, work in commercial, we work in feature and you know, in television. There's not so much delineation. And then obviously being in the states, you know, the pressure is there to to make a choice and to say, well, I'm I'm this kind of cinematographer. Um, I mean, you know, you say you shoot anything. It's like, well, there's there's definitely some parameters that I choose my projects based on. So it's not like I, uh, you know, I, I don't do, um, you know, live events and I don't do wedding videos and I don't do, you know, so so that's oh, one right, parameter. Right, right, and then right. the other, and then, and then the other parameter <laughs> for me is 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 all about the the team and the content. You know, it's about is it a great project? Um, because I do have a diverse skill set that I can, you know, sound like Liam Neeson here, but, you know, I have a particular set of skills that I can apply to to any format. Um, and then it's just about, you know, okay, who am I going to be working with? Um, you know, is there is there an opportunity for do for me to do, um, you know, to present the show the way I see it or present the film in the way I see it? Um, you know, and that then comes down to budget. It comes down to schedule, um, all of those things. But um, I, really, for me, it starts with, you know, is it something? You know, I read the script a number of times, and is it something that I that I that I dig that I can get get my head into? And then, who am I going to be working with? You know, who am I going to spend the next six months with? Because the relationships are everything. Yeah. Oh, definitely the who. Uh, well, on a side note, what what is your? Uh, I mean, is it just because there's not a creative challenge? But what makes a like I've interviewed cinematographers and they're. They have nothing against it, obviously, but they're just like, I wouldn't do a commercial. Is 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 it something like you were saying, wedding videos and live events? Is it something that plays into it's just not your thing or it's just you don't want to make someone's video look like Lawrence of Arabia or what is that? Yeah, well, I think there's probably less chance to do that. I mean, that being said, you see the wedding videos that are coming out these days and there's drone shots everywhere and they've got, you know, they've got the Ronins out and they're, you know, <laughs> circling around around, you know, so people are, you know, pe- people are creative in this field. So they're, you know, given half a chance, they'll, they'll, they'll go there and, and, and make it the best thing they can. But I guess I just really, um, you know, I like personal stories. Um, I like, you know, I mean, I've done a lot of documentary in the past and I think, you know, that gives you an access into seeing the way that people are, uh, I, I mean, I think the, the content, the shows that I sh- that I shoot, um, all have strong characters and have you know interesting, you know, interesting personalities, and I think that's kind of you know what I get into, and because I think that's what leads my cinematography in a way. Is I'm so okay. So how does this person see the world? How can I show um, the audience? the world through this person's eyes and is that different from something I've done before that's a little bit interesting um, or is it you know a progression of something I've done before that's interesting uh, when you talk about commercials I mean I, you know I love shooting commercials they're, they're great you get all the toys out you know it's a it's a an intense short period of time that you're working with a team and you often go to amazing locations or you're shooting you know things that no one's seen before so you know the diversity of experience in this in this role as a cinematographer is is incredible um, so I, I I never say no to anything in that sense, um, but I but it, I'm just led by the you know what what's this project got to offer you know and is it you know as an Americanism does it does it turn the dial you know does it give me something new or something different or or move things forward for me? Well, this uh, this reminded me of an old '80s movie uh, with Richard Dreyfuss and Emilio Estevez, Stakeout, 
Um, yeah. Of course, stakeout was nowhere near as funny, and they ruined it with doing a stakeout too. But um, I am just, I'm not old enough to say that something's like way back as a classic film, but because my dad would take me to the movies when I was like seven or eight is why I've seen something and go, wow, that movie was 30 years ago. And people will be like, but you're not in your fifties. Let's see. So do you have, Oh, by the way, uh, I was reading that you're a member of the ACS. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Uh, How does, I I know the process because we do some, we interview members of the ASC, and I have some. We have some associates of the show. Uh, what What is the process like to get in the ACS? If If you can tell me. Uh, well, the the ACS is a uh, you know is is just our our you know version of I guess um, the the society, um, and uh, I mean really anyone who you know working cinematographers who have a um, you know who are constantly working in we have we have members who are you know camera assistants operators and and cinematographers and then associate members who are um you know in in fields in similar fields that uh, just like to be involved in the in the society um so yeah that's basically the prerequisites uh you know to be interested and to be working um and then uh you know the next step is is um is the accreditation process, which is, uh, you know, you submit your work and, and it's voted for by your peers. Oh, okay. No, that's fantastic. I mean, I, I love the, I love what, how the, I mean, for the audience that you, if you don't know, there's the BSC and the AMC and the AIC, Italy, Mexico, uh, the British, the, the BSC is commonly seen, um, but yeah, the the ASC is so, so much fun to be involved with and cover and interview and. Uh, oh, by the way, we have to uh, thank Harry and Meredith for setting this up. We always thank the PR that makes this happen. A um, couple of last questions, if that's cool with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. uh, let's see. Was there any? Uh, do you have? I mean. I know this question is always like, it's like asking a filmmaker their favorite film, but uh, so people can get an idea of no activity. Is there some other shows that you guys kind of had an inspiration from or so it could kind of give the audience an idea of, Oh, if I like this, I'll like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, look, you know, we didn't start with, uh, with movie references. Like we started with a lot of photography and, um, you know, when I'm working with Trent, we have, you know, different ways of kind of finding what the show is going to look like. Um, I mean, I know that, uh, you know, Gregory Crudson was an artist who was, you know, a big influencer. Um, you know, so we did, we sort of embraced the fact we were going to stylize the show and, and make it quite colorful in a way. Um, so that was a big influence. I guess shows that have a similar look or, you know, or that were Im- impressive to me at the time we were shooting, which is now, you know, three years ago, Um you know, the killing, the American version of the killing was, was playing. And in fact, our colorist, um, Timothy Vincent at, uh, uh, at, uh, Technicolor was actually the, was the colorist on the killing. So that's been <laughs> a great, great one to have. Uh, okay. great, great guy to have on our side. Um, also, um, you know, the, uh, the Marvel first season of Daredevil had come out and they had some great, you know, they really embraced the sort of the city look, the urban city look. So that was something that, um, you know, I hope that we, you know, are in that kind of world. Um, but really, 
you know, I think it, it's it's an it's an odd it's an odd show. It's you know, it's it's really particular um, because it 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 deals with all of your preconceptions. Like it, we we don't show a lot of the action because every everyone's father and everyone has seen all of those procedural shows. You know what need you know what's going on um, on the other side, and people are walking around and th- people are being interviewed, and you know you know what the shoe leather is all about. So um, just to embrace that really small niche of what happens when nothing's happening is, um, is, is pretty original, I think. Um, and, you know, <laughs> right. we've been getting some really great responses. I mean, the fact that, um, you know, that uh, J.K. Simmons, um, Jake Johnson, uh, Bob Odenkirk, um, you know, and, and Will himself, you know, have all jumped on board this project speaks to how highly they thought of the, the original uh, Australian series. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, we're hoping we're onto a winner. It's a it's a it's a great format. It's um it's got the celebrity buzz, but it's also it's it's something different. Um, uh, you know, but it also still has that that Saturday Night Live kind of um, attitude. Uh, you know, so I think people who like that comedy, uh, you know, will find it appealing. Yeah, it was really. I was gonna say it was. Uh, I, I I obviously was spoiled that the payoff of the title was was. Definitely something where, uh, especially since, like you said, what's going on where there's nothing. I mean, especially since cop shows are are so built on the center of the action and, yeah, you know, what is the main point and who di- and so yeah, I you know I was when I was watching it, I I rewatched it again because I like to keep it fresh. And thank you again for rolling with the little schedule faux pas we, that we had not yeah, no problem, myself. No um, and I, I just remember like, it was just, it's just a really great show. I hope people check this out. I, I, I had said at the, uh, at the beginning of the show that I have not seen the, um, the, uh, the American version. I only, and that's only because our accountant has me on a, we have enough streaming <laughs> services budget right now. Cause I'm that guy that like, I'll, I'll sit down and I'm like, okay, there's nothing I want to watch on prime. What's on Netflix. There's nothing on Netflix. What's on HBO within prime. What's on. Sh- and, and there was one time I had like seven yeah. streaming services and I even had friends that were just like, are you okay? Like, like no, I'm <laughs> studying. I'm a filmmaker. I like, I, I host a yeah. show. Like it's a big intervention. I got to be able to, yeah, like uh, I can't say, oh, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. I haven't like that's really going to want them to come back. So, but yeah, it was really one day yeah. where I thought, okay, maybe seven's a bit much. So, um, but no, I do have this. Uh, I really want to see this. Uh, I'm not remotely into celebrity. I respect talent, but J.K. Simmons is like, uh, is probably one of my top. Yeah, he's one of my top. I mean, after Whiplash, it's like okay, you're the best. And I think it's great that you still do commercials. Uh, that's, I'm so respectful of his ego that he wins Oscars and then still does insurance commercials. Um, hmm. So with that, we go into our two questions that we ask every uh, guest. Uh, so, so the script is good and the talent's there and you like the director. So all those things are put aside, the budget's there. Do you have a dream genre? that you that you want to do before you're done doing this look i haven't done a lot of uh a lot of sci-fi and i think that's a really fun one for for cinematographers um you know and it's hard to do something original in that area um you know a lot of the stuff we're seeing is kind of it's lit 
you know, the Star Treks and things like that are actually lit by practical lights inside. Um, but I've seen a number of, uh, you know, of examples of sci-fi that aren't set on a spaceship. And I think, you know, using that world and, and having unusual lighting, like showing things in a, in a way that are, that are quite different is, is freeing because we're so attached to how the real world is and, and sh shooting things and lighting things in a way that, that people can see them, not that they necessarily see them that way every day, but, um, Yes, I'm really interested in, you know, of course, how far you can push the lighting and how far you can push the mood and the camera and, you know, and the technology there, um, you know, to take people to another world. There, there seems to be, I've asked this question of just producers, directors, um, we, we, you know, we're a show we pretty much like to have everyone on because we want to give a sense of that teamwork that's involved with making a film uh it it seems to me that probably now that I think about it, at least ninety percent of the cinematographers had have said sci fi and I'm yeah. always interested by that um, <laughs> yeah cause, yeah i mean because i when I really think about it i mean i I got a d in cinematography and film school, so I'm no um member of any organization, but uh just in the practicality and what you're mentioning, and then when I go back and I think of old sci-fi movies in the eighties when Arnold could just do whatever he wanted. And it's like, the lighting is so bad. It's so obvious that it's just on a sound stage or to make Arnold look good or that they're not really playing with any of it. Um, and then also like I have a, I have an eye condition where I'm, I'm epileptic, so I can't see certain effects movies. So I have not gotten to see mm -hmm. like Blade Runner or, um, so it's so tough for me because my friend works in visual effects. So nothing, work nothing by my, Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I and then I and then I can't see it, you know. So it's just it's really frustrating. Um, I'm just thankful I don't have the kind of epilepsy where there's people who can't even watch a regular movie. They have a blackout. Mm -hmm. So, um, anyways, uh, the last question, and we're going to exempt wedding videos and live events from this, is that. Uh, you haven't eaten in a week. They're going to repossess your car. You haven't been able to pay rent. You're back to that starving artist, but there's no way you're going to do this film. This genre will not have your name on it. Yeah. I mean, that's a funny one because, you know, before doing the letdown, I would have said, uh, you know, doing a, a sort of female, you know, not soap opera, but, com you know, comedy in that world. Uh, isn't something that I would have done. But then, you know, the opportunity came up, the scripts are great, the talent's great. And I think what we've done with it, again, is, is something that's not, it's not mainstream. You know, we've, we've made some decisions, um, you know, and it's a lot more emotional. It's not, you kind of, uh, you know, sit down at five o'clock, seven o'clock every night and watch the, watch the soap. It's, um, it's really something, something else. So look, I think any project can have merit. Um, you know, I mean, I like to work, so you know I, I do a lot of a lot of jobs. I you know I'll I'll still do corporate work and I'll still do documentary, um, you know, to pay the bills. But uh, all of those things are you know you you can get in and out in a short amount of time. Um, I think you know the projects I turn down are for the same reasons as the projects that I that I take up. You know, do I feel like I'm going to be able to contribute to this? If if the answer is no, um, then you know there's probably something else that I should be putting my time into. I like, I like that answer. I like, I like, uh, I like 
artist conviction. Um, my grandmother used to say when I was little, you're going to find out one day that's all you have. So um, she used to say money will come and go and your, your success mm. will rise and fall, but your conviction will be in your pocket. So I'm at that yeah. age where I'm learning that. So if there's a, we, we want to, again, thank you again for your time and, uh, and uh, you know, we wish you all the best with what you're doing. And I, of course, if it was out, I would have watched the letdown. I have that here on my list. January 17th, yeah, everyone's well, coming to Netflix. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Exactly. Exactly. I was going to say that. And then also the, uh, I think there's still, we've got one or two more episodes to come out on, on uh, CBS All Access. So that's like a, you get a, a week free. So if you're into your binge watching, <laughs> you just get your week, oh. wait till it all comes out, get get your week of binge watching and then, uh, then it's done. <laughs> oh, well, th- you know, I, I love, I love that you mentioned that. Thank you. I wasn't even thinking of that because that was how Amazon prime got me was they told me all these free trials, but then they like, Amazon Prime really cheats you on how to turn the free trial off. So, like, I had four mm. free trials not turn off, and that's when I got the call from the accountant being like, so why do you have four channels at the same time? You can only watch one, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. There's just – it's like a safety blanket to me. I have to know that Tribeca is sitting in my computer, whether I watch it or not. I don't know. So, uh, yeah. again, you, you have a great day, and best wishes. and. Thanks, um Take care. Aloha. All the best. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. And that was our interview with Judd Overton from from Australia, another member of the ACS and great Australian cinematographer that we got to speak with. I love the show. I don't tell PR filmmakers, anyone, anything they want to hear. So this is uh, definitely was a great conversation for me. And this is, this is really one of those, uh, I don't like saying LOL. So I'll say laugh out loud shows. I cannot imagine, uh, Will Ferrell, JK Simmons, uh, the other actors that got behind the American version. So I, I would say wait a couple of weeks or, or if you have CBS access, check it out. But I would say like, uh, Judd said, uh, there's still a couple episodes to add. So you're not going to want to see, six of eight and then it turns off so uh follow that check it out very much worth watching sorry about that little take english it is completely worth watching on cbs access again no activity television show check it out aloha